0: Welcome to Inside the 18 live from my desert bunker.
1: Whatever.
0: (laughs) I'm Michael Magic. With me is Saskia Weber in a a bunker in West Hollywood right now. Beverly uh, Hills, don't get that wrong. All right, Beverly Hills, sorry, Beverly, sorry. (laughs) Fancy, fancy there beverly hills i'm there. kidding i'm kidding <laughs> and joining us today because he's got nothing better to do is uh exactly. insider but also professional goalkeeper eric klonofsky from toronto fc2 eric what is up dude
2: how's it going thanks for having hey. me guys hey eric
0: hey. We're, uh, we're excited to have you on man because you know it's really cool lately um during um this uh this time period basically in the
1: apocalypse
2: Uh oh, literally yeah, basically literally <laughs>
0: It's been fun. Um, We've been having a lot of people reach out and saying, hey, you know, I'd love to come on the show. And I'm like, where were you when there wasn't an apocalypse. going on, And I guess you had other things to do with your life. And now everyone wants to come on the podcast. Um, But no, honestly, uh, Eric's been a friend of the show. Um, He's been a fan of the show for a while. And uh, honestly, whenever a fan reaches out, and they also have something to bring to the table, like, oh, I don't know, they're a professional goalkeeper who's played all over the world, you know, at a high level, uh, trialed with Everton in the English Premier League, we're like, "Eh, I guess we'll I guess we can have that person on. I guess we can, <laughs> we can,
1: make, we can make some room. We'll we think
0: can, uh, about
2: it. We'll think about it. <laughs>
0: we can, we can make some room. Uh, Saskia, how's the how's the painting going? By the way,
1: it it was, it's going. It was good. We did. It took three days for the living room.
2: Oh geez,
0: well, three days. It's the,
1: yeah, I mean it's a lot of well, Prepping is like the hardest part. You know, like taping everything down, covering windows, this and that and the other. And then we kind of took our time. It's a big living room, so.
0: By the way, this is guys to say painting podcast uh, for anybody who's interested in in getting their uh, their living room done by uh by World I Cup have, winners. Yes. Uh, feel free to reach out. Job. to
2: <laughs> Well, since we're in quarantine, you're just sniffing fumes for three days straight.
0: Then, huh? <laughs>
1: yeah. You can't leave. That's <laughs> why I was kind of getting, jumping out here. Like I was like, I
0: gotta wake up. Oh <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> uh, Now, Eric, what's it like out there in quarantine in Canada? Uh, in Are you in Toronto right now? Is that where you're at?
2: Yeah, I'm in Toronto. Yeah, I mean. I thought about going home, but Border got locked down really quickly. Um, we're, we're just day-to-day like everybody else. Um, okay. Yeah, not much going on. We're doing like uh, Zoom conference call workouts every morning with the team, which is great. Uh, but outside of that, lockdown, stay inside, go for a jog, go to the grocery store maybe, and then go home. Yeah. Um, you can imagine how quickly something like uh, coronavirus can have spread in an apartment building.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. That's um, why I'm in the desert now. I was like in my apartment complex, like in West Hollywood, and I was like, yeah, I'm I, i I'm, like, maybe I shouldn't be here. Maybe this is not the best place for me, <laughs> for me no, to I be. No, I was
1: making, I made that comment this morning. I was like, that's why everybody's running out of New York. People are like, I'm like, because you're on top of each other. I used to live in the city. Yeah, way. it's the you epicenter. You, you, you're like, a, 10,000 cruise ships parked in the middle. Yeah. of Yeah. And if I were to
2: have gone home because of this whole <laughs> lockdown, I mean, I'm from right outside of New York in Northern New Jersey. So I would just go home and then literally be in the epicenter. So um, I don't know if that's a better spot to be right now.
1: Yeah, but it's I th- like a lot of people went to like out to Long Island. They like, I guess, I guess the Airbnbs were all rented in the Hampton, oh, and, like really? stuff like that. People are just yeah. like, I'm out. So, so, yeah,
2: yeah I, I know there's like an influx to like the shore right now. Like so many people are going down to like Seaside and everything. But right. now this is turning into a Jersey, a Jersey podcast. Oh, no, 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 no. But the <laughs> Jersey but,
0: show, it better be. A hold on, hold on. <laughs> Eric, you and Saskia, I always joke about this. Every time I, uh, we have somebody on the show, I always tell Saskia, I'm like, why is everyone from New, the New Jersey, New York, Connecticut area in goalkeeping? Why is literally everyone out there? Oh, my uh-huh. God. It's
2: absurd. It's absurd how many numbers we have. in just in, like, the MLS, how many New Jersey guys we have yeah. throughout the league. Yeah, it's absurd. But like, I don't that, know. Maybe it's the water. Maybe it's a bagel. That's what I
1: said. I,
0: mean, I, <laughs> I, I, said, it, I said it had to be the water. Um, did you work with all those Jersey guys out there, like Paul Blodgett, Mulqueen, all those guys? In, like, um, I worked there? for
2: Paul Blodgett oh, uh, okay. when I was in college, but I never worked with him. Uh, oh. I lived in, like, the sticks up in North Jersey. And uh, my dad... Would drive into the Bronx every day and, and work long, long hours. So driving down to Blodge in, in Flemington was a little bit tough when I was younger. Um, so I just stuck with my goalkeeper trainer um, at TSF Academy, which is where I grew up. Um, but Blodge legend, I actually met Mole Queen uh, this past off season. A little bit of starstruck there, but um, no, it's oh my great. god,
0: yeah, <laughs> look at Saskia.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm, oh gosh, that's funny. <laughs>
0: I honestly No, I was too because like when when Mulch like 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 messaged on like the the, inside eighteen um message board or whatever, I was like, wait, Tim Queen listens to this? Yeah, and and I was like, Are are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I was like, Oh my gosh honor.
1: And Lodge were my coaches
2: in college. That's fantastic.
1: That's and Robin Copperthwaite. Oh up in Cam- Yeah, so I. That's hallowed are-
2: ground in New Jersey. It's hallowed oh, yeah. ground.
1: <laughs> are, are you rah rah? I gotta go. You know, I'm from Princeton, but even when after I graduated Rutgers, I came back and that's I stayed in New Jersey. And even when I was living in New York, I traveled into New Jersey just to train.
2: yeah i i respect what Rutgers brings to the table but i'm a mama's guy so Uh, by the
0: way this by the way i'm not editing anything out of this podcast this is this is this is is gold everybody in new jersey is
2: gonna be going crazy we're (laughs) divided right now
0: (laughs) yes yes um speaking of good things uh Thank you for everybody who's been rating, reviewing, and subscribing on the podcast. We're at over 300 worldwide. Um, I know a lot of you don't have many other things to do right now. So uh, if you're looking for something to do, go on iTunes and just leave a review. Five stars. You know, tell us why we're so amazing. <coughs> we will follow you back. When you leave that, Saskia will cough. You know, all those sorts of things will happen. <laughs> so actually, you know what? That's actually probably a bad thing to say this time. No, of it's day, okay. So.
1: I'm fine, everybody.
0: Okay. Uh, I have bronchitis, by the way, everybody. Yeah,
1: you had it scared. Yeah,
0: I know. I yeah. had. Oh, we can talk about that if you listen to my uh, stand-up episode uh, later uh, today. That's right, guys. I have a stand-up show at uh, 6 o'clock today, <laughs> Pacific Time. Set the Interruption plug. Show, live on, twit, live on Twitch.
1: You can watch me paint today. <laughs> I'll, put, um, I, I'll take musical requests in the background.
0: But honestly, guys, we, we appreciate all those reviews. Please keep sending those in. Honestly, if you don't leave a review right now during the quarantine – and you say that you're too busy, you're lying. You are lying. There's no way you don't have time to leave a review right now. Like I said, we'll follow you back. You're eligible for prizes. Um, Also leave your social media handle so we can follow you back. Otherwise, we don't know who you are. Shout out to Jesus who's goalkeeping from afar. Thank you for finally letting us know who you were because I didn't know for the longest time. And he's like, you keep using me as a joke on the show. I just want to let you know I'm a oh, real gosh. person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, thanks, Jesus. Sue. appreciate that. <laughs> All right, let's get to some of these reviews, because I, I really appreciate this. This one comes from uh, LA Galaxy fan, 26 um, So I'm a, big, I'm a big shock if he's an LAFC supporter. What if it was just like a troll move? And, uh, and he's actually a big LAFC guy. And he goes, love the podcast. It's hard to stay sharp during this time, but the podcast and all of its hosts make it easier to get motivated and get better, exclamation, exclamation point. And that's Simon Bank. Simon Bank is LA Galaxy Fan 26. Actually, no, Simon, uh, I'm actually going to be doing a virtual training session with, uh, with Simon uh, this weekend. Uh, awesome. So sh- Yeah, so shout out to Simon uh, right there. Simon is a uh, DA keeper out here in the uh, LA area. So thanks, man um yeah oh here comes here's a good one this one this one you can tell is from a parent because it goes informative and easy to listen to uh i don't know what that says about i mean like easy
1: listening like 101 (laughs) like you know the background like you know soul music or like elevator music (laughs) easy listening
0: yeah, we're the easy, easy listening station of goalkeeping content out there. We're not looking for that hard-hitting, you know, content. Um, and this one goes, my 10-year-old son is a goalie, and it is hard to find information and constructive help anywhere. This podcast is the absolute best. The information and guests and everything that Michael and company, please use other, other people's names. I don't want people to think it's just my podcast about it, is not only useful for adults, but inspiring youth goalkeepers as well. Uh, thank you for the info and interesting topics. We both are fans of the show, exclamation point. And yeah. that is from uh at Manuk Sunigolie. Uh at Manuk Sunigoli. So uh thank you at Manuk Sunny Goalie. Oh actually the mother's name is Seda Kesh. So Seda, thank you so much for that. I appreciate that. that. That means a lot to us. So that's a, Absolutely. Yeah, that's a really cool review. All right. Um I'm gonna lead one more, and this is coming from a goalkeeper coach. So we're running the gamut here. Parents, youth goalkeepers. Goalkeeper coaches. Next person's gonna be somebody that's really into painting their living rooms. So we got everybody here. Um and this one goes awesome goalkeeping podcast. This is a great podcast for both goalkeepers and coaches. I really enjoy that the content covers all aspects from the youth level, college, and professional level of the game. It is educational and fun to listen to. And as a goalkeeper coach, I highly recommend it at Wesley One. So shout out to Wesley One, man. Uh that's awesome. I mean, honestly. I, and I know Eric is a fan of the show, so so he understands where we're coming from here. It's really cool that we have people from little kids all the way up to pro goalkeepers like yourself or pro goalkeeper coaches that are listening to the show. That that means a lot to us, honestly. You yep. know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, all right, we'll we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. Let's move on into this uh, this next one right here uh, before we go into the topic here. Uh, I want to give a shout out to Sarah Jane Tobin um, out of. Um, out of the UK area. Um, her uh, her son's uh, video blew up on, on Twitter, went viral. Uh, we were chatting a little bit today. Um, and he was, uh, you know, we put out the whole uh, call to action last week on kids, you know, show us what you're doing uh, to stay sharp, you know, during the quarantine all over the world. And we've been getting a lot of really cool videos. We're going to be putting up a montage in the next couple days. And uh, honestly, um, his, his or her, uh, her son's one went viral. Literally like David De Gea reached out and like, a bunch of big-time goalkeepers and stuff were, 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 were commenting on it. So that, that's – I mean, obviously, that's not the reason why he did it. He did it because, you know, he's trying to stay sharp. Um, but it was really cool. And, uh, Eric, I know you saw the video. So why don't you explain a little bit to, to people who might not have seen it what uh, what it was all about?
2: Yeah, it's literally him in his backyard with a, with a mini goal, and he's got the wall next to his fence, and he's standing on the side of the goal, hits the ball off the wall, runs to the left or to the right, and dives. So it's a little – makeshift goalkeeper training in his backyard so mm-hmm. a lot of respect for that
0: yeah no joke that, yeah. i mean that's that's big time man he's a little <laughs> little little guy out there he's doing his own service and he's hitting it off the walls and then it's it's like he made a rebounder on his own which was just so yeah. amazing it's, it's like so, kind
1: of another level of wall work
0: yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah next level wall work <laughs> yes. um um now, I will say to her son, though, you know, try to keep the flashy stuff out, though, dude. Come on. You don't need, like, the tip-over saves and stuff like that <laughs> when you're going off the wall. Keep it clean, footwork handling, all, all that sort of stuff. Make sure you
2: set those feet. Make yeah, sure you set yeah, n- feet. Yeah, n- yeah, sure
0: next the seat. I, no, I, I'm joking. I mean, obviously, as a kid, it's fun <coughs> to be jumping around. And honestly, just for him to be staying active hey, and, and focused on the something. game. He's that's, doing that's something. That's all he's we want something. right now. That's all we want right now. Um, so all right, so let's get today's t- today's topic, guys. Uh, today's topic is alternative opportunities for goalkeepers. Um, a lot of people, I get this question all the time from goalkeepers, um, and it's about where should I go play? Should I go here? Should I go there? Whether it's college, high school, DA, Europe, South America, Israel, all that sort of thing. And um, and a lot of people are not willing to get out of their comfort zone and look at different opportunities. And I thought this was a really cool opportunity because all three of us right here chose some alternative paths when it came to playing in in regards to locations. Obviously Sasuke at the time, you know, Japan was one of the best leagues in the world, so that was the right opportunity for you. But culturally it was a completely, you know, one eighty for you. So that was a little bit of a transition. So first off, let's talk about for some of the parents out there who are listening who might not be familiar when we're talking about the main destinations that Americans generally look for to go overseas. Would you say it's predominantly Europe? For yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I think um to back back up a little bit. I think for me going in Japan, but I was, you know, I had parents and I was brought up my mother's um Dutch and everything. So and they're like, go travel, do everything. But that was part of it. I loved being in Japan. Like I loved challenging myself, another culture, another language. Um yeah, and I was there to play pro. But um it was awesome. Like and I think that yeah, you have to step outside your comfort zone. You have to. And, you know, a good, like, 80% of Americans don't have their passport. I get that. Well, you know, get it. And, <laughs> um, and when we can travel, um, I would encourage it.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Don't you're, limit you're- yourself. Eric, why do you think, because I bet you that was, I mean, obviously, you know, you went to Everton and you went on trial over there, you know, who, you know, I mean, geez, I mean, if you have that type of opportunity, of course you take it and that sort of thing. But at that time period of your, of your life, when, when you were younger, did, is that really where you were like, well, it's either the U.S. or Europe?
2: Yeah, I don't think I even had like a thought process of anywhere else because you go on TV when you're growing up and you're watching Fox Soccer Channel at the time when I was growing up. Um, oh, I love They have they have stuff all over the mm-hmm. place, but I remember watching um, K League, J League games, Australian League games. Um, but for whatever reason, it was just like Europe is like the, the goal. Absolutely. You know, Europe is is the epitome of high level soccer. So if you had aspirations for being a professional, um, Europe is where you wanted to end up eventually.
1: Absolutely. I mean, and back then, yeah. I mean, when I was playing, it was we didn't have the option. Like back then, England didn't have a league. France didn't have a league. Yeah. Spain didn't have a league. Nobody had a league. I mean, Sweden Sweden had a league. That was an option, and then and Japan. that was it. Yeah,
2: yeah. That's tough. That's tough for sure.
0: Man, wow. That that, that just so got-
1: imagine all those people wanting to try to play, and yeah, I can't
0: much. even imagine, Sasuke. I can't <laughs> even ima- imagine. Yeah, the competition.
2: supply and demand.
0: I mean,
1: <laughs> I mean, we, I didn't we, make we, my team at first. You didn't. No, they came here. We had they had a tryout, an open like uh, kind of an invitation tryout. Yeah. Um. Because they were moving from the second division up to the, um, uh, the L League, and um, it was a William and Mary, and uh, everybody came, like everybody that wanted to go play overseas, mm-hmm. like go yeah. play pro, um, went. And they they at first didn't want to keep her. Really? Right. The, yeah. And then, you didn't
0: be like, excuse me, I play for the United States of America. We're one yeah. of the best yeah, in wanted, the world.
1: They wanted field players, and then the one field player, I think it was. I, I knew her, um, decided not to go for, wow. you know, that's the bad side of her comfort okay. zone.
0: And then yeah. well. now would you guys say that the whole Europe thing, um, I mean, obviously, you know, in regards to when you were playing Sasuke, you know, was, was a little bit of a different time, but now, nowadays, you know, on the women's side as well too, Do you think it's because of a culture, because of the cultural similarity that that's why a lot of kids go, it's either United States or Europe because absolutely, even, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, if it's a different language, they still feel like the culture is similar.
1: Absolutely, I mean, it's so much easier to 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 get along and to.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's not easy. To, it wasn't easy my first year in Japan. Yeah, I mean, I had interpreters and stuff. But when I was, that was when I was a team. When I was on my own, and I had to figure it out. Um, going to Europe, you go to England. Everybody speaks English. You go. You go to ninety percent of the, the you know countries in in Europe. Everybody can speak. You can find people who speak English. Everything's in romanization. So absolutely.
2: Yeah, I think um, just relating to that for my first, for my year in Israel, like, uh, it was just so tough to try and figure out life, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of it comes from, um, you know, just wanting to figure it out and wanting to go for it and not being afraid to fail. And when I talk to to young kids or maybe guys that are thinking about going to Europe and, and they have options in maybe a smaller country that um, maybe the first language isn't English, it's a lot of you know, what if this, what if that, what if this? And I'm just like, go and figure it out.
1: Yeah, figure it out. Go and
2: figure it out and you'll be better for it, right? If you go and you're not afraid to fail and you just figure it out, you're Mm -hmm. going to be better for it when the next opportunity comes.
1: Yeah, and the next opportunity won't phase you.
2: Yeah, it's going to feel like less of a punch if it's really that hard. Yeah, but
0: but by the way, uh, breaking news, guys. We just got a comment on here on the on the live feed, and it's uh from a, a very obscure goalkeeper in the United <laughs> States. His name is Omar Zini. I don't know if anybody's ever heard of this guy before. He's kind of a he's kind of a uh, he's kind of a hack. Uh, anyway, he says uh, Eric would have been great in Liga Meckes. What do you say? Uh, what do you say to that, dude? Liga Meckes. Why
2: are we speaking in past tense? I'm confused. Would have to been. Why we're <laughs> <in past tense.
0: laughs>
2: what does that mean what is that a jab like is that an undertone
1: maybe because because i'm
2: 25 omar what's going (laughs) on like it it still exists right i could still go there right now or is it am i done i guess i just retired and i didn't know
0: (laughs) okay that so that leads to another question right here okay so thank you omar for leading us into this path right here what about latin america south america a lot of goalkeepers, look, there's a lot of opportunities in a lot of those countries, and a lot of goalkeepers, they, 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 I almost use the term poo-poo, but like then I sound like my dad, and I'm like, I'm not gonna, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm sixty something years old. Uh, so they, you know, they, they go, ah, I don't know about that. You know, I, I, I don't think that that's the the right league for me and sort of thing. And I actually took that opportunity. I actually went to South America and I I gave it a shot out there mainly because I I wasn't getting shots here in the United States because people looked at me and they went, no. Um, in South America in South America they're like oh you're about average height for us sure well let's do this we can make this happen Um, no uh, I think I think there's a lot of people that uh, that have this stigma against South American countries uh, especially as goalkeepers to go over there and try to play and do you think a lot of that is just because there's just a lot of negative connotations to like oh the goalkeeper training is not that great or like it's a different style of play and like oh it wouldn't work for me because I was trained in the traditional goalkeeping European style and clean hands and all that sort of thing. Like do do you guys think there's any any So are we insinuating that?
2: that that South American goalkeepers don't have clean hands?
0: I'm saying I'm saying that's what a lot of people say and that's why I want to bring this dialogue into conversation. We ask the rough questions here, Eric. That's how we do it.
2: <laughs> oh, I'm what I'm saying is when I when I was growing up I had, I mean, still growing up, but I the the South American coaches that I had I had one really, really good coach from Venezuela and he was always like, it's dangerous there. So, I mean, I would, I would like the, the, the energy was always like, Oh, going there would be dangerous. And then I find myself in Israel and um, making sure that I knew where my bomb shelter was. So that's a little ironic, but yeah, no, if, if a South American club were to reach out, I would put real thought into it. I can't speak for everybody, but I would say that, More often than not, I I don't know how many times um, South American clubs are reaching out to bring American goalkeepers in.
0: Because honestly, I think, I think it goes both ways, to be honest with you. I think there's also a stigma in a lot of those countries in regards to North American goalkeepers in regards to the United States or Canada yeah. uh, in regards to like, ah, no, that's not, they're going to they're gonna hate it here or you know they're not right for what we want and that sort of a thing. So I think it go, goes both ways. I don't think it's just a one-sided argument one way or the other. Um, I will say, by the way, speaking of the Venezuelan thing, I did go to Venezuela. I did. I'm when everybody else was trying to leave Venezuela. I was like, "Oh, cool opportunities!" So yeah. I went to I went to Venezuela to try to go play over there. And honestly, there's a lot of cool things. I mean, some things maybe I did I disagreed with in regards to it was a little bit different from the way I had been trained in the past. But there yeah. was also a lot of things that I learned there that I had never even thought of before. Nobody had ever worked with me on my my long form distribution outside of just a straight punt or a goal kick, really. Um, and that was something that was something that was a lot of our training in Venezuela was side volley and uh, touch into a long-distance ball, a long pass, those sorts of things, as opposed to just a lot of direct play. So that's something I learned from there. Um, playing balls into spaces. Honestly, like a lot of pairing work, because i had been taught a lot of times, especially as a younger goalkeeper, catch the ball, catch the ball, catch the ball. And yeah. as you know, Eric, and as you know, Saskia, you know, playing at the higher levels, you can't always catch the ball. You can't always sure. catch the ball. i always yeah. catch the ball okay i know I, <laughs> I
2: i think for me i mean you have to prioritize <laughs> making decisions right so i'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> um i would say if we're thinking that like if the epitome of the sport on the men's side at least for the time being is is europe right now or the 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 bigger countries in europe the england germany spain those kind of countries if if my goal is to make it to one of those countries and be a real player over there, Why, if I'm going to make a move, why would I not go to one of the smaller countries to get me to one of those bigger countries instead of going to maybe a good country in South America in terms of playing, but is it getting me closer to playing Uh, in a a La Liga or a Bundesliga or a Premier League? You know what I'm saying?
1: No, absolutely. I, I agree with that.
0: I mean, that's a really good point because the thing is is that we were talking. We a few weeks ago. We had a um, you know a friend of ours on on the show who uh you know and and I don't want to name the person you know because I don't know what's going on in regards to the situation with contracts after after this whole quarantine yeah. and I I don't want to get anybody in trouble but let's just say that she was uh she was uh you know offered offered contracts on NWSL for this coming season mm-hmm. and um she was told what her position would be and then there was a team in Europe that came in with a better offer. And that she could come in and be the number one over there. And she is planning on taking that that offer to be the number one. And a friend of ours, another friend of ours, had that same situation, Fallon Tulles-Joyce, mm-hmm. um, who plays for Stade de Ron in, uh, in France. And I think I said that properly. And uh, she went over there, became the number one. They got promoted to League 1. And now she's playing against PSG. And now she's put herself back into the fold where you know, she can either stay there and, and keep moving up the ladder in Europe, or she could probably come back to NWSL in a much more advantageous position okay. for yeah. her career, you know? So you got to look at it. Only one goalkeeper can play at a time. So you got to look at what's the best opportunity for you.
2: Yeah, the situation makes a difference more often than not. It's going to be yeah. different for every single person.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with that across But I don't want to talk, you know, it, the opportunities aren't as prevalent for, when, like, across South America you know, with leagues and stuff like that. But I still think it is that switch. Everything's growing towards Europe um, and around Europe if you're not here in America. You know, so, although the L League is um, the, uh, in Japan is starting up again.
0: Yeah, aren't, aren't you, aren't you going to be like uh, one of the ambassadors to kind of uh, get right. get stuff going back out? <laughs> Shut up. No, that's good. Hold on, you should be proud of that. You don't need to I be like a okay. No, I am proud of that. But, it's
1: you know, it's... It, it was a great league, but like you were saying about training, there's a lot of different things I learned there. That different styles, you know, training was four hours sometimes. Four,
0: I've, I've I've seen some of the jap. Hours. I've four seen some, I've seen some of the Japanese training sessions. Um, I I mean, wow! There's some some stuff I've never seen before. I'm not gonna lie.
1: But they're not. It's not four hours of. High intensity. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. Okay. It's yeah, like
1: sure. it's like an hour of juggling. <laughs> like, like there's nothing. An there. hour of juggling. No, I'm, I'm being I'm being a little I'm being little, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. No. I got you. They they yeah. have the they have the technical goalkeeping app over there. So they, they like they,
1: they slow everything in down and you
0: know. So. Um. Yeah. I We just got a question right here. Um. That was asked on the on the Facebook Live right here. And um. It's a uh, that Eric, was a long what,
1: time ago. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> they might not do that anymore. Eric, <laughs> what was the
0: where was what was the feedback from Everton? Um when uh when you went over there on trial and, and what did they think about your game and i don't know if this person you know wants you to just divulge all the information are they are they trolling you or are they trying to really <laughs> i mean get we're po- pretty po-
2: far po- removed from from my time over there so i think it's
0: oh it's totally cool. to, to, yeah, all right. okay, okay.
2: Yeah. um so no it was probably like uh a little over four years now it was um december into january of 2016 so right after college um so I remember initially I was supposed to go over there from December 15th to the 20th. And then after like two or three days, they said, we're going to keep you indefinitely right now. We're just going to keep you on. We don't know how long your trial is, but we're just going to keep you and see what happens. So that first week goes by. And then I remember, so one of my, one of my best friends um, from Monmouth, my university, was getting his master's <laughs> over, over um, in at the university of nottingham and we were walking um through liverpool on one of the off days and i get a call from my agent and he's like you did it buddy they want to sign you and i we literally just start hitting each other in the middle of the road like this is crazy like how how is this happening right now so, um, that, that didn't happen. So,
0: uh, <laughs> <no>. dude, <laughs> so, no. it, it, dude, it's all good. I've been in that same situation before where something big was about to happen and I've jumped the gun. Oh, yeah. me, I was like, Oh dude, it's happening. And then like, I've told everybody and then literally a week later, like, Hey, what happened to that thing? I'm like,
1: like yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. yeah. no, I, I didn't tell
2: everybody <laughs> because I I had gotten gut checked like that one too many times before that yeah so i think all of us get gut checked like that at a certain time or the other um but yeah uh five six days in i get a call from my agent we're hanging out downtown and they say they want to sign me and they're going to keep me indefinitely um so what it was going to look like is i was probably going to be like the three for the under 23s and they were going to sign me for a six-month contract for like pennies and i was like i don't care house me and sign me to everton i'll figure it out from there and um i thought like i don't care how much they're going to pay me this is the best opportunity like when is uh, a team this big or a club this big and explaining that to my my family i was like it's <laughs> everton and my mom's like
0: <laughs> what's that
2: <laughs> what's an <in> Everton <laughs> so
0: you're, you're like it's the ever you're like they're the toffees she's like oh I love that candy <laughs> yeah I love candy. Everton toffees are amazing I think yeah. I have to oh the pantry right now
2: yeah um so it continues on right I'm still I'm still there um and I guess I, I didn't really hear anything else but maybe in um we're in negotiations, let's say, at this point. I, I stay until, like, January 3rd. So the MLS combine was January 5th. Um, so in the meantime, I was trying to get a passport, right? I was trying to get, find a way so I could get a worker's permit over in England. And I'd never been capped for the national team. So getting, um, getting a worker's permit in the Premier League, within a Premier League club, is hard if you've never been capped. So um, my great-grandfather was a citizen of Antigua and Barbuda in the Caribbean. What?
1: What?
2: Antigua and Barbuda in in Barbuda? I hope I'm not saying that wrong. Um, But in the Caribbean, and there was like a really small chance, like if my grandma got her citizenship, um, that my mom could get it, and then I could, and then I would immediately get called up to the national team, and then I would be able to um, get a workers' permit in England. Um, So obviously that's going to take way longer than – uh, a January transfer window, or so you're, or, you're. So
0: you're the most glorified goalkeeper in Antigua and Barbuda history. Is that is that how that works? Okay.
2: Um, I don't know. I, I'm <laughs> I'm not really. Um, I mean, I, I never got my citizenship. Oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah. yeah. Um,
1: I, got, I got my de- my death citizenship.
2: I'm not saying that it's not in the works, but <laughs> 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 but I don't know. Um, there was like an issue because I guess they had a lot of flooding there, so finding my great grandfather's birth certificate was super difficult. But we ended up finding his, like, baptismal certificate. So, whatever. Uh, <laughs> so, we couldn't actually get that done. Yeah, so, beca-
1: face, so, so, <laughs> like like-
2: so because, because I couldn't get that, um, that citizenship, it made it astronomically more difficult for me to sign for Everton. So, at that time, I needed to make a decision because if I couldn't sign for Everton, MLS Combine starts on January 5th. And this is all breaking down on, like, January 3rd at, like, 11 a.m. after training. Um, So I'm like, what do I do? I'm talking to my agent. I'm like, I thought we were going to be here. I didn't even think we were going to the Combine. We got to be in L.A. in, like, 24 hours, don't we? (laughs) And I'm in Liverpool right now. (laughs) So I um, found, like, the next flight I could. Um, I'm running on fumes right now financially because, obviously, still a college kid not making any money. (coughs) um and uh the mls only covered flights domestic flights to the combine so i had to pay for my flight that day which thank god for my mother wonderful mother um so she paid for my flight from manchester i think i flew out of manchester to philadelphia um i so manchester to portugal Portugal to Philadelphia I I did a 19 hour layover overnight on the 24th on the 24th because it was the only flight and I needed to be (laughs) I needed to be in LA in less than
1: wouldn't it be quicker for you just to go down to London
2: (laughs) um I don't know for whatever reason this was the situation so I ended up I ended up sleeping in like uh, a restaurant in the Lisbon airport for like 19 hours uh and then I landed like. The morning of the 25th in Philadelphia at like 6 a.m., my mom picked me up from Philly, drove me back to North Jersey, drove me to Bridgewater where she was living at the time. I slept for like four hours, and then I got. An, we drove back to the Philadelphia airport, and I flew to L.A., and then the next day I was playing in the combine.
0: Wow. Dude, <laughs> dude, the, the, the fact that you even were able to stand – and not I was like
2: and, and like keep in mind that I was just in Liverpool, I was just in Europe and it's six hours ahead of LA. So the the game my game was at like three o'clock in the afternoon and it was like ten o'clock at night for me.
0: Oh, okay. You were like yawning in the goal. <laughs> yeah,
2: it was like I was I just like, up. uh and everybody's like, Why don't you think you did good at the Combine? And I was just like, I don't know, like, like I, don't <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> have you ever heard of the word punch drunk? It was, was kinda I like <laughs> was I there? I'm not sure. But uh, yeah, it was a wild time. Thinking back to it, Combine, what an experience probably should have missed the first couple days. But um yeah that whole experience was wild. I was super close, super close to Everton. um, Ended up just shooting myself in the foot with the combine and uh, yeah, you roll with the punches.
0: Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So what else can you do?
0: I mean, look, honestly, and I think that's a good story for, for a lot of the kids out there to hear that is that, you know, obviously you're at this complete high of Everton to this low of not performing at the level that you wanted to at the combine based on extenuating circumstances. And first off, I think it's pretty pretty messed up that a lot of the the scouts didn't even take that into consideration in regards to, you know, from a drafting standpoint. Like, they should have done their their homework and done their research and understood how the body physiologically handles air travel from an extensive amount of time like that. It's not like you really were able to stay fit during that craziness, all of that, diet-wise, all of that stuff. And just yeah. anxiety, too. So, um you know, well, I wasn't going to – I
2: had meetings, right? I had meetings with a handful of MLS teams during it, and I wasn't going to go in there and, like, make excuses for mistakes, right? right? I, I was – at that point, I was just like, uh, let me just play the cards I'm dealt and, and, and um, at least stand with my character, right? If there's anything, right, I'll just be like, Absolutely. you know what? These are the mistakes. I'm, I made the mistakes. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses to, for whatever I did or um, why I um,
1: – Well, because you're, you're also under the assumption that nobody else had an issue like yeah yeah yeah, yeah, everybody is dealing with nonsense everybody's dealing with nonsense
2: right so i'm not coming from
1: a funeral you don't know like yeah exactly
2: exactly so i'm not going to go in there and make excuses i'm not making excuses for myself now i didn't um i I didn't perform to i didn't perform to my potential in my opinion and that is what it is and i have to wear that
0: but you learned you learned from it you learned from it for sure for sure you know uh, saskia how, how was your first combine uh performance uh in the u.s when the league was starting up,
1: I didn't have to go to combine.
0: You didn't have to go oh. to combine. Okay, you were too big time. Okay, big time. <laughs> I
1: was. Oh. We, were, we were allocated oh.
0: to teams. Oh, you were allocated. How oh. you were? You were well, you guys were. You guys were basically possible. DPS. You guys were DPS basically.
1: We were all the founding members, so we were automatically placed on teams.
0: That's right. great. Yeah. Yeah. I think honestly, thinking back, if I just
2: didn't go to the combine, there probably would have been like this huge allure of like what's going on with Eric that I probably wouldn't gotten drafted like like kind of like um like Tyler Miller who just like didn't show up and just like went to Germany and um yeah because he got, was
0: playing like yeah. in the ensemble yeah. or something yeah. right just, yeah just uh yeah just like
2: don't show up and then it would have been like I guess we have to draft him because if we don't like we don't want that bad press somebody has to like imagine if we just let him go I don't know something to think about Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, mean, I, I mean we were lucky that way um it didn't under, you know it's a long story. Ended up with Philly, but I wanted to be in New York. I ended up being traded to New York, so that made me happy. But um, I mean, I think we had a camp at the same time they were having the combine in Florida. So we were kind of at the con- like, kind of like, we're hanging out at the combine uh, and watching people like try out for the teams. Oh was my cool. God, that
0: that is like the cool kids watching like the nerdy kids like trying to make it to the popular table, and you're like, Oh my God, look at you guys! Oh, how cute! How cute. Oh, you know, so and so, she might I might be willing to give I might be willing to oh, let, so let her was, sit next to me.
1: It was, it was such a small community. Well, not a small community, but but it was. We knew everybody. So it was good to see everybody yeah. and all the, they were so hyped up. I mean, we finally had a pro league and everything. So it was it was cool. Um but I didn't uh, try out.
0: <laughs> by the way, Stan Stan Anderson, another hack out there in the goalkeeping community. Um he uh <laughs> from camp shutout shout out to uh, stan from camp shutout he says uh, nice jersey saskia so we're getting some really solid comments coming in here oh
1: my jerseys okay yeah. so the one this one with 99 on it it's actually my dodgers jersey oh <laughs> so i threw the first pitch out oh See? that's cool dodgers. isn't that neat so and then oh, that's my USA jersey. No, but, and you're like, oh, no, that's just my
0: USA jersey where no. I won a World Cup. You know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know what that's There's like.
1: a story behind. There's a story behind this from our last podcast because oh. me and Michael didn't have anything behind us. No, and, we and had nothing. We had nothing, so we were like just sitting here. So we had to amp it up a little bit. Oh, and, yeah, and
0: Stan had this incredible background.
1: It was like gloves signed by everyone. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like, so we were like, uh, we kind of got to step it up. So now Michael's got the inside the 18 banner, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like that
0: which I had my uh, I had my uh, <laughs> my brother in law help me put that stuff up because he's like six two, and uh, I needed help getting those things up there because I was on a chair like trying to do it by myself and I was like, oh, "Where's geez. Hale? I need Hale to do this for me." Um, yeah, yeah, so
1: that's my 90. It's uh, I threw the first pitch out last year before the World Cup.
0: So, so um, um, that's cool.
1: It, it was a little nerve. It was I threw a strike.
0: There you go i have I have no idea what the topic of this episode is at all.
1: It's, it's
0: been all over the place.
1: Well, uh, you like my jersey.
0: No, those are cool um all right let's let getting back to this right here. um I want to talk about smaller leagues and finding opportunities so obviously things didn't work out the way you wanted them to out here and then uh you ended up going to Israel, which uh talking about a one eighty talk about thinking outside the box, which is I think might what be what I want to call this episode is like thinking outside the box you know in regards to goalkeeping um, what attracted you to Israel had you ever thought about the Israeli league what did you learn over there um, that you brought back to the United States um, other than that, that the announcers are really excited every single time the ball gets anywhere past midfield uh, they go <laughs> well, it's crazy. What's all the great
2: defending over there that they just know that something bad's going to happen <laughs> 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 um, what attracted me to Israel did I ever think about going there I, I know like me and my siblings always used to think about going on birthright but I never used to think about um, going and playing over in Israel so how I ended up in Israel was I I was playing for DC United and I had an agent reach out to me named Itamar Kainan and he works he's out of Dallas but he's Israeli Um, and he texts me and he's like hey I got your number from um, so-and-so one of your teammates Uh, I think I have an opportunity for you I would like to get on a phone call And I was like, yeah, sure, I'm open to listening. I'm always open to listening. Um, So I get on the call with him, and he's like, hey, Eric, what's up, man? Are you Jewish? (laughs) And I'm just like, "Uh, I mean, it depends on your definition. My dad's Jewish. Um, And he's like, I think there's a chance that you could get an Israeli passport. And I was just like, okay. Um, That's something that is uh, relatively interesting to me. So um, I'll keep that in mind the next time I'm out of contract or whatever it is. So, um, what ends up happening is I have a, a knee surgery. Uh, I had a meniscal repair. Dude, in, is your
0: your story should be a documentary, Eric. My God, you got everything. Oh yeah, I got the
2: memoir tab. It's behind this. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I actually, I studied journalism college, so I'm planning on writing the memoir. So if you want to help me with that, I'd appreciate it.
0: Dude, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> I think we should make, we should make, we should make the movie.
2: Yeah, right. (laughs) Eric Klinovsky
0: story.
2: Yeah, I don't know if anybody would watch. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so um, I end up – I had a meniscal repair, which is like a 50-50 chance it works. Um, I recovered for like six months. I stay in touch with Itamar. Uh, He's done deals with my current agent before about moving guys to Israel. So um, we all stay in touch, and it turns into this thing where um, I'm like, yeah, like put out some feelers, see what the situation was. I was in a situation in d c my rookie year where i didn't i played one game my whole year, the whole year um uh, I was behind Bill Hamid or Steve Clark and fighting with Travis War the whole time um some amazing goalkeepers, some amazing goalkeepers, but my thing was like and and um I think this should be all goalkeepers things is like I, I needed to get games and I didn't care what it looked like. Right. I needed to get games. I didn't play for a year. I hadn't been a, uh, a backup in a long time and I, I hadn't, I had no professional games under my belt. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I played.
1: I mean, we, that's what we talked about We constantly are saying, like if you're coming into something and you're going to be third and, and stuff now with all the opportunities, even for women go somewhere else. Like, yeah figure it oh, out look look at england look at france look somewhere else Get Why not the games
2: in yeah
1: Get
0: the Games in. yeah and, and, so if, I- and if, if your team's not willing to release you too i think if you feel that it's not it's it's hurting your development talk to them about alone talk to yeah, them about absolutely. alone um because if they really believe in you and they really want you to develop and become a better player um they're going to be open to it if they feel yeah, that
1: and if you're not going to be playing and they loan you, then you're getting games in. When they want you back, you've got the games on your belt.
2: Yeah, I mean, that depends if they believe in you, right? Or do they just need you to make up the numbers, right? It depends club by club, situation by situation. I'm not sure that I would have gotten a loan my rookie year, unfortunately, for whatever reason. But, like I said, I needed to get games. I didn't care what it looked like. So they came with a deal, and I was just like, yeah, let's do it. Like, I'm young. I don't have any baggage right now. Let's – go for it, right? So uh, there's no kids. There's no uh, car payment. Um, There was a car payment. RIP to that car. I missed that car. But uh, (laughs) um, yeah, so I was like, I don't care what it looked like. So I went to a club that had just gotten promoted from the third division. um, And it was an experience. Um, It was like I played. uh, We had four managers in seven months. Um, It was... Ah, uh, there oh were times, God. there were times where probably like two or three times a week we didn't have water to shower afterwards. Wait,
0: what? Um,
2: Seriously? Yeah, we just run out of water. There's just uh, there's no water. Um, our athletic trainer would like smoke cigarettes while he would stretch people out. I would be catching bollies and smelling cigarettes, and I was just like, this is great. <laughs> it's like breathe in, exhale, exhale catch. <laughs> Um, <laughs> this yeah. is dude
0: this is unreal this literally we, sounds like we didn't like a have movie. ice
2: for like half the season we didn't have ice um I saw some really big rats um no but there, there was a lot of good I, I there was a lot of good um i met some great people met some um some of my best friends some one of my best friends actually that i went to high school with uh, was getting his master's. I only go to places where my best friends are getting their master's, if you're getting that in the storyline. Uh, <laughs> so one of my other best friends was getting his master's in, uh, in Israel. And, yeah, we went, I went over there, and, and um, he made transitioning um, to life in Israel a lot easier. But, yeah, um, yeah we were uh, an underfunded um, team. We were owned by the way I, it was described to me um like the the Justin Timberlake of Israel like <laughs> so this is literally how my goalkeeper coach explained it like picture the the biggest musician in in America that was who owned my club so the biggest musician in Israel owned Opwell Marmarek the club that I was at and that's where all the funding came from but there was like um are you sure so that wasn't a team in like, mind
1: so when his like single didn't drop or you didn't make anything that's when you didn't have water
2: No, I mean, we just didn't have water in general. We literally, there were times where, no, like, our training field slash stadium was literally the only patch of grass, like, in the city. Um, So, like, there were, like, houses, like, all built up around the training ground. And there was, like, a water hose. So, like, when we didn't have showers, like, water coming down from the showers, um, there would be times where guys would be, like, standing on the field. Showering like out in the field, and I only lived like <laughs> what? I, I only lived like two blocks away. Um well,
1: say couldn't you just go so, home and shower? Yeah, so I just went.
2: Well, Israel is like the size of New Jersey, so when guys change clubs, they don't move. So most of my team lived within two or three hours away. Like it, it's just not a thing. They just don't really move oh, when oh they change God. clubs. God. Yeah, so like all, half the we had like six guys from Haifa, and we were like thirty minutes south of Tel Aviv. So that's like two and a half hours trip on like a train. So going home wasn't always so long story short, sometimes I would have like six guys in my living room sleeping over. Um, <laughs> but that's just kind of, it's crazy. I, I remember going to like, they bought like this house in the middle of the season because it was like, we have all these guys from Haifa, like we need to uh, help them out somehow. And they bought like this house that was like not finished. And um it was crazy. Like, have you ever seen, like, uh, like a, a chair that's, like, next to, like, a pool or a beach that has, like, um, a pad on it that's, like, six feet long? That was their beds. And they, they just put that on the ground, and Wait, they would literally, like, sleep on that. Um, which was, I walked in there, and um, they were like, Eric, if you want to move in here and be with everybody else, I was just like, I'm okay. No. I'm, I'm very Okay. Um, but you
0: know, Eric, I have a question for you. How long was Applewell playing in my men's league? Because I'm pretty sure, pretty sure your team is in my men's league. I think <laughs> I played against you guys. I think I, I think I know that owner. Um, I think yeah. he hangs out at the Aroma Cafe in Encino. Um, yeah, yeah, I'll go sure. on.
2: That's him. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, Israel is a wild time. Um, there's, there's so many random ways we could go with israel but um no i could write write a book i could write a book
0: by the way i think it's
2: so important i think the perspective of going there and then now like being at tfc i'm just like it it takes so much for me to be like in a bad mood
0: you must be so so appreciative of being in a pro environment yeah like we'll have
2: like academy kids that are just like oh this place is that this place is this and i'm just like we have water
1: yeah, I mean I There's that's us. that's part of what we <laughs> talked about about putting yourself out there and doing it. Because yeah. you know, and the experience like for in Japan, we plaque, we practice on dirt. You know, yeah. we used to we used to take this giant metal rake and I would put I would have like one of my little or small, or tinier like five, two Japanese girls stand on the end of the rake and oh, Tammy gosh. and I would pull it across the front of the goal to like crunch up oh, the dirt gosh. a little bit so it wasn't so Perspective. Hard.
2: Perspective, so, right?
1: So when I come here and people make comments about fields or stuff like that, and it, I sometimes I just shake their head. I'm like, you have no idea.
2: Like, it's just perspective. No. It's just oh, perspective.
0: Oh, and I, I can't even imagine, Sasuke at, at UCLA, just somehow, I don't want to say they're entitled, but let's just say they haven't no. experienced uh, some of the th- hardships Not, that some none, of us have.
1: None of, no, I think, I think, uh, the majority of the younger kids coming up today haven't experienced what we experienced even here in the U S like where we used to practice and play in the fields we used to play on and what we did and didn't have, you know, yeah. so, so, but I think putting yourself out there and going through that, like you said, it takes a lot for you to be in a bad mood.
2: Yeah, like, it does. It does. I'm like such an optimist. Uh, that's just like, uh, part me too. Of- yeah, I mean, it's hard to try and go carve out a career in lower division football and not be an optimist, right? If you're going to think about like you, it's too easy to just be a pessimist. It's just so easy to be a pessimist. So, um.
0: and, honestly, a lot of people, I think they, a lot of people, they just don't have that. Uh, look, when you play, I played lower division. You know, obviously, Eric, you know, you've played lower division. Saskia probably never played lower division. She's too good. But um, you know, uh, it takes a certain amount of uh, tenacity. And belief in yourself to keep going, keep yeah. going, and keep going.
1: Hey, I played on the worst. You know, I played on the worst team in Japan. Okay,
0: are, there you go. I guess. It I, I, I,
1: okay. Had just come up from the second. From second oh, that's season. right. So you
0: did play in the lower division. So yeah, so you see. No,
1: you, I was no. No,
2: I, it's just a tough team.
0: Okay.
1: It was the <laughs> same at the bottom when I joined it.
2: Yeah. So. No, there's there's so much stuff. <laughs>
0: So what advice do you give to goalkeepers that are looking to head kind of outside of their box? Um, whether it's language, whether it's the cultural aspect, whether it's the, the pay issue. Cause I know this is obviously a big issue in a, in a lot of countries is the, is the whole pay issue. Um, what, what do you say in regards to, to that? Um, how do they, um, how do they handle all this?
2: Yeah, I, I would say, um, make sure that you're working with agents that you trust i mean it's hard i know there's a stigma around agents but the the agents that i work with are are two of the best agents that i've come across um so i would say in in terms of trying to find the right situation for you definitely work with people that you trust in terms of getting over there um that being said understand that everybody who's been great has had to sacrifice at some point so whether it's myself or Tim Howard or Steve Clark or Jay Demerit or everybody's got to go through something at some point. Right. And, um, whether it's Israel, whether it's going to Norway, there's going to be, there's going to be nonsense you're going to have to deal with. There's going to be hard times. You're going to have to deal with the time change, the cultural change. Um, maybe a goalkeeper coach that you don't really gel with well, but I could go on and on about, about issues. But if you harp on those issues, and you're not going into it with the right mindset, then I think that's really where the issue comes from. I think yeah, if you have the if you go into any situation with a, you know what, no matter what happens, I'm going to get better from this. I'm going to learn. I'm going to grow, and I'm going to be better for it. I think you're going to come out on the right side, whether you're successful in terms of winning championships and and um, and trophies and whatever it is during your time abroad. I think if you go into it with the right mentality and you really make a commitment to getting better every day, I think it'll be worth it. And you'll grow not only as a goalkeeper, but, but as a person too.
0: Yeah. I I think, uh, I think you hit the nail on the head in regards to the right mindset, you know, um, Sasuke and I, we've discussed this before is that if you come in with a negative mindset to any situation, you're going to fail as a goalkeeper because the majority of our game is mental.
2: Yeah, for sure. for sure
0: you know?
1: Yeah. You just can't be high maintenance.
2: <laughs> oh mean, yeah. Oh yeah. You
1: can't, especially, tra- especially going overseas, going to different cultures. Like don't make yourself a problem, you know, just p- be there to play soccer.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Be manage there- your, manage yeah. your own expectations. Right. You, yeah. I knew, I knew going into it cause I was talking to my, the Israeli agent it I was talking to him. It's like, I know, I know I'm going to have to deal with nonsense. I know there's going to be, whatever i I had to i mean thinking about it now uh, if i said this to an academy kid that's at like i don't know pick a big mls club and said yeah i had to pay for my own gym membership and then i would ride my bike two miles to go to the gym after training or if i wanted to they had free weights that were over in the barn over there next to the garbage for the city that i could go lift at right so it's like manage your expectations you know that like no matter what wherever you go there's going to be Um, a transitioning period, there's going to be nonsense that you're going to have to deal with. So how are you going to deal with it? Like it's that old cliche of you're not defined by what happens to you, but how you react to what happens to you. Yeah.
0: I think that's, I think that's important for all kids to hear, regardless of whether they're trying to play professionally or whether they're just trying to, you know, they move to a different club or move to college. I think, you know, the, that's a big culture shock as well too, is when kids go from, from their club team to college, because it's, it's, it's a completely new environment. And a lot of times if they've played at a big DA club and then they go to a smaller college, well, the facilities might not be at the same level as they were when they were oh, playing at yeah. the, at the big, uh, big DA club. Um, all right. I, I want to bring up this right here, uh, Eric. Um, I want to talk about countries and leagues that, uh, that a lot of goalkeepers don't look at um, that are, might be untapped and solid places for goalkeepers to look at. So are there any, any countries or leagues out there that if you're a, a goalkeeper, maybe in, in, in USL one or two um, maybe even in the championship and not getting your chance. And you know, MLS doesn't look like it's, it's a, it's going to be coming your way. And it looks like you, in order to move on, you're going to have to go somewhere else. What countries would you look at? Like Scandinavia? Is that the, yeah,
2: I I think obviously the, the, Countries you say first are Scandinavia, right? You say the the Norway, Sweden, Denmark, maybe Finland, right? I have friends that are playing that are goalkeepers, in, and I, I think all of those countries. But it, it's um, maybe one that you you might expect, but Northern Ireland. I don't know if you guys have kept up or know of uh, a guy named Bobby Edwards, um, but he's another New Jersey goalkeeper who didn't really have much coming out of college. And I'm like in my head, and, and our whole friend group was like, Bobby, you're good enough, man. Like, you're good enough. You just need to find. You just need one chance. And I remember talking to some, like, agents and even some some USL teams trying to say, like, hey, like, this kid's really good. Like, would you mind – would you, like, have any interest in bringing him in for, like, a trial at least? And they're like, yeah, you know, we have this guy. We have this guy. And Bobby goes over to Northern Ireland and kills it in the Northern Ireland second division, kills it for, like, six to eight months. And then – he finds himself on trial with Blackburn Burnley sitting next to Joe Hart in the locker room. And it's like, well, we were all saying it, but nobody was listening. So, (laughs) so now it's like every MLS, like how many MLS teams was he getting contacted by? And now he's on a X number of years guaranteed at FC Cincinnati, which is an amazing club. So, um, it's that whole thing of like going with a growth mindset, bet on yourself and it's going to be, you're going to, benefit from it so northern ireland is, is a place i think is going to be uh a real hotbed maybe for for guys like like bobby and guys like that that for whatever reason um fall through in in the first stage but then go broad bet on themselves and then and then come out better for it i have another friend uh another new jersey guy michael lansing
0: okay who, so, so why don't you start, why, why, yeah. doesn't, why don't they just look why doesn't everyone in the United States who's looking for a goalkeeper just go to New Jersey? Exactly. And just, just don't I didn't even. Say, don't, you, said don't, it. you don't even <laughs> need to.
2: They
0: don't even have to be playing in goal. Just like find a random person in New Jersey, grab them and go like. Decent hey, chance. You're a goalkeeper. There's a
2: decent chance he's going to be okay. <laughs> exactly. uh, no, so so Mike didn't have much coming out coming out of college. Played at Bucknell. Um, fantastic goalkeeper. Played for the Red Bulls under twenty threes, but didn't have that much um, coming out in North America. And he was like, all right, well, where do I go? So he went to Denmark, Danish second division, maybe even third division for a little bit. And now he starts for AC Horsens in the Danish Premier League. Yeah. Right, uh, uh, yeah, and it's like what USL teams or MLS teams were looking at him and now he's starting in a, arguably a very real, real league in Europe that's like, yeah. okay, he's maybe – I don't know, six to ten performances away from maybe a transfer to a big club in Europe and had Bobby, Michael, very, very slim pickings coming out of college. And it's like, why? Why? But at the same time, to answer your question, Scandinavia and maybe the smaller leagues in in the U.K. I think you guys go over there, um, bet on yourself, you grind it out, and why not me? Yeah. Dude,
0: honestly, me. we have some fans in Northern Ireland, and actually, we have a, a goalkeeping academy in Northern Ireland that's interested in us coming out there and doing a live show and a clinic and Michael. stuff. Michael, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and, and he and he's got some great he's got some great stuff. I've been watching his training videos and stuff. Michael's he's got, solid.
2: Yeah, I talk to him often.
0: Does some good good stuff. So tell him to tell him to hit hit us up to l- let's make that happen. Absolutely, I, I want to yeah. go. I want to go. Don't you want to go? go? Yeah. No,
2: as you should. Why not?
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, once once the world is allowing us to travel again, we would love yeah, to go. Yeah, literally, for we sure. Would, no, we would, uh-huh. we, we would love to go. Um, all right, uh, so let, let, we're going to move on right here. I want to do a little bit of story time with you guys because, Eric, oh, you've, yeah, got, right. you've got so many stories. Right? So we're, we're, we're going to start with Saskia first. Oh,
1: gosh. Um, a story, I was thinking about it, but is there, a, what? Is what? there, like,
2: something okay. to motivate you yeah, a Okay. So
0: here, Yeah, so here, okay, so here's the thing. I'll give you guys a little bit of direction here, okay? Okay. I, since we've been Darn. talking about, about <laughs> time overseas, um, I want each of one of us to share an experience from our time overseas. And it doesn't necessarily have to be on the field. That kind of shaped us today to the coach or player that we are today. So I'm going to start with Saskia.
2: A time overseas. Yeah. That shaped me.
0: Yeah. I've got some
1: well my entire t- I mean I have a funny story but I like but yeah. my, my okay, I mean it doesn't have
0: to it doesn't look it doesn't have to be dramatic and like you know get everybody to start putting like little tear tear comments on here on the on the I Facebook mean, my entire or,
1: my entire experience in Japan I mean as a whole whether whether it was you know riding my bike like you said to 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 the train station or to the gym and to the bakery or wherever to go yeah. to Blockbuster to rent movies and um, throwback
2: <laughs> Blockbuster. I
1: know. Hey. There's
2: black- some kids on here who are not going to know what Blockbuster is. Okay,
1: Google um, it. Educate yeah, yourself. You Google what Blockbuster is. You have plenty of time. Um, okay. are There are they kids on this, so I can't tell that story. Oh. Uh,
2: it's okay. something that shaped who you are as a coach or a player now, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <Okay>. oh, yeah. <laughs> keep, that, keep that in mind. It's something that shaped you as a coach.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, oh my man. God. Um, I think I kind of told that story last time, but I think, I think honestly, if you went through what I went through in Japan, um, as a whole, I I was really getting pounded. Um, we really weren't a good team and, um, that first season, that first eight, that first season, um, and just to kind of keep picking myself up and and doing it and doing it. And like I said, I, I wasn't the kind of person that like, I wanted to be there. I wanted to like, experience, the culture, the food that like, like throw myself into that. Um, But on the field, we, it was, it was pretty brutal. And it was um, long practices, really bad games. And just as a goalkeeper, like, you know, five, nothing, like the nine, nothing game like, and it was over and over again. Like if we, when we finally won a game, it was like, it was unbelievable, but it was just sticking with that, keeping my head up and knowing that, I was there for a bigger role. I was there to get games and obviously a lot of saves and shots um, and the experience and to, to get myself ready for 99 um, and to get onto that 99 team because I was the third goalkeeper in, 90, in the 96 Olympics. So rolling and, and we had kind of like a pause. And so it was like I had to get games. If I, did, if I hadn't gone to Japan, if I hadn't done what I did, I wouldn't have been on the 99 team. Yeah. Um, because there was nothing going on here, I could stay. I could stay in Jersey. I could go to Rutgers. I could train with the men like I always did. But that's, it's training. Yeah. I'm the you know, best damn training goalkeeper in the world. But you know, I need games. Yeah. So um, so that whole experience and getting that in, but sticking with it, it would have been really easy for me to get totally hammered that, um, that first season. And by that, I don't mean when we went to Tokyo on the weekends after games. <laughs> um, <laughs> although right. those are other stories <laughs> um, for our after after hours. <laughs> that's,
0: that's for the uh, that, that's, that, that's for the uh, the well, the one with the E uh, yeah, on, on, yeah, the, well, on the logo, on The rating. The explicit explicit content episode. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so oh, I have some of those stories. So um, so I I went back. Like I didn't have to go back after that that first year. Um. And I went back. I went back. I was there for three years. Uh, and we got better and better and to watch my team get better and better with the same players. Um, maybe we switched out to foreign players. Um, but other than that, and then to be in the middle top tier of the like of the league, it was that was awesome. And to be a part of that and that growth. And but for me just to stick with it, not give up and go from such a low level of quality to be a part of like that you know, that was awesome. That shaped me a hundred percent as a player yeah. Yeah, and yeah. a coach and a coach. Cause I look at my kids for my club and I'm just like, when, you know, club kids, they get pounded. You got a five, five, nothing kid in a goal too big for him. And everybody just shoot high and boots it, yeah. you know, and you know, we don't play that style at the bulls, but you know, I got to turn to my kids. I'm like, I've been there, you know, I've been there. It'll get, you know, just keep stick with it. It'll get better. We'll get better and everything. So absolutely the whole experience.
0: I mean, honestly, that's that's actually a really good point that you brought up in regards to playing on a bigger goal than you're supposed to be playing on because lack of resources is honestly something that I got from from playing overseas. And uh, honestly, I, I'm not going to lie. I was, for lack of a better term, I, I'd been very spoiled by playing in the American youth system uh, when I went to Venezuela. And uh, well, actually, the, the way that actually happened that I ended up in Venezuela was I was actually there on vacation and started messing around with my cousins and stuff. And they're like, hey, they're like, you should, you should play out here. I'm like, nah, that, I, that's the thing. Is that a thing? You can do that here. <laughs> they're like, they're like, well, you have citizenship, right? I'm like, well, I'm, gonna, I'm, now I was born here. They're like, oh, they, you, you can get a Venezuelan uh, passport. You can, you can play here over. Anyway, so I um. I call, this guy calls me he's talking to me he's like yeah he's like we'll get it squared away he's like come over go over to this place so I go to this address right this is in Venezuela again I'm thinking I'm thinking of the American standpoint right so I'm thinking like oh I'm going to like a corporate building there's going to be like some sort of like receptionist type of thing <laughs> I go I'm like I'm in some neighborhood and like there's just like a, like one of those like little metal fences like in the front I'm like I'm at somebody's house and like they're like yeah I go inside there's like some lady cooking uh, there's like he's oh, watching TV. Yeah, that, they're like Where they're like Mira, Ale- the- Ali- Alirio, Alirio, and el- el- Gringo Staya, el Gringo Staya. And I'm like, hi. They're like, ah, they're like, and like I go into some dude's like study, like his family room, basically. And he's like going shuffling through papers and stuff. He's like, here, fill out this stuff. I'm like, oh, I am not in the United States in any way <laughs> whatsoever. This does not look legitimate in any way whatsoever. Um, so that, that's when I recognized that. And then I went to the field for the first time for the first training session and what was considered the professional training field. Like Eric, like you were, you were talking about, and Sasuke, you were talking about, dude, I, I I mean, like, I wouldn't even see ASO kids playing on here. I mean, I'm like, I'm, there's like, I'm pretty sure there's just some sort of like, like, like rodent animals, like whether it's a mole or like, you know, I don't know. There's, there's divots, there's divots. My yeah.
1: Mike Patrick, I got.
0: Um, I'm gonna sign off. All right, cool. Anyway, dude, I'm so I'm on the field there, and uh, I go, and it's like um, there's like graffiti on the walls, and there's like barbed wire, and I'm like, this is not
2: barbed wire. I had barbed wire yeah, too. Yeah, dude, there it's... was barbed wire everywhere.
0: And the thing is, but, it, but the barbed wire was to protect. The people who were from – because when the games happened – because we've trained on the same field that we actually played on. Like, there was no yeah. training field.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: And, uh And what happened is basically is that, like, the barbed wire was there to make sure that, like, fans couldn't get on the field. And I'd never seen that. I'd never seen that yeah. before. That was, yeah. like, a new thing. I mean, it wasn't, like – this wasn't, like, prison barbed wire. It wasn't like there was, like, you know, snipers or something like that against the wall. But it was just – it was definitely – Definitely an eye-opening experience. And then like when I got on the field and we're starting to run and stuff, and I was like, I didn't want to drop I didn't want to dive because like the field, like I was like, this is dangerous. Rock solid. Stuff. Like, was it? Yeah, was it, dude. Yeah.
2: Oh my God, rock solid. Yeah. And yeah, literally it is right the same way.
0: And all the kids were just asking me, they're like, Why are you here? Like, why are you why are you I doing got, this to yourself?
2: I got that question a couple of times in Israel too. No, why come to Israel? I don't they, understand.
0: And literally all, dude, all the kids, uh, all the kids, and I'm saying kids because I was actually it was actually technically the the youth team, um, U-20s or U-21s or whatever you want, Subende, yeah, yeah, yeah. um team. They were aspiring to try to play for the professional team. Um, they're all like, how do I get to college in the United States? Like That's all, they wanted to know how yeah, to get to literally the Literally the opposite
2: of what the you were opposite, thinking. opposite, <laughs>
0: dude, and they're like, why are you here? And it shaped me as a coach in regards to the fact that it made me appreciate you know, what I'd seen out there. And whenever kids started complaining, I started recognizing, I was like, okay, you know what? It's not that they're being rude or anything like that. They just don't know any better. They don't know any better. So it it made me um, understand. To, it's more about conveying something in a way that they understand it and they'll grasp it rather than complaining and getting mad that they're not seeing it from my point of view. It's, as a goalkeeper coach, it's our job to find a way to convey the information in a way that they get it and to be able to connect with them. Because that's, that's, I mean, you know, you're a goalkeeper coach, like connecting is, is a lot of what it's all about, you know?
2: Yeah. I think that that kind of leads well into, into my story because I I think what I learned very, which is what I learned over in Israel in terms of how it shaped me as a, as a goalkeeper, let's say, um, I've really figured out what I needed from my goalkeeper coach for me to feel like I could be successful on the field on a Saturday, if that makes sense. So I felt like there's a lot of good people over in Israel. There's, there's so many good people. Um, I think that uh, maybe coach education is is a little bit lower over there, potentially. Um, but really, my goalkeeper coach cared about me a lot, but wasn't really like um, a detail-oriented guy and, and really wasn't somebody who was willing to change based on the goalkeeper that I was, but more just I'll change for the goalkeeper coach that he was. So for example, um we would do a warm up, like my same college warm up that I did with my goalkeeper coach um at Mammoth. At Mammoth, yeah. And he I was there for seven months ish and he didn't remember what my warm up was once.
0: You had to explain it to him, show him. So I, I had to
2: explain to him what was next, what was coming every, and and if you can gather this um, kind of vibe for me, I'm, I'm, I'm a thinker, right? I'm like a a guy that's like gonna get in his own head. So like, what I don't want to focus on pregame is what the warm up needs to be. I need to zone in and focus on the game, and that's it. So what I've gone, I've like really built this appreciation for not only a goalkeeper coach that, in my opinion, gets it, gets it's like a vague term, but, but somebody who um, not only cares enough about me to, to understand what I need, um, I just feel like having a goalkeeper coach, in my opinion, that understands who you are as a person and what you need to be successful from a psychological standpoint can make all the difference. And, and that's really made me um, – appreciate the goalkeeper coaches that I have at TFC and something that, um, moving forward, whenever I do leave TFC, whenever that day comes, um, that I will prioritize much more than I did beforehand. Right. And then at the same time as a goalkeeper coach, um, really understanding that, that, that goalkeeper coach to, to goalkeeper relationship needs to be spot on because it can make all the difference in terms of being effective on a Saturday.
0: Dude, I think you brought up a really good point that I think a lot of kids out there are really afraid to communicate with their goalkeeper coaches. And I don't even mean kids as in like younger kids. I mean, older keepers yeah, that sure. don't understand that. Like, if you don't give, if you don't communicate what you're looking for from your goalkeeper coach, they don't know how to guide you. Because but at the
2: same time, they need, the goalkeeper coach is in control of the environment for a lot of it. So are you building an environment where they feel comfortable to speak?
0: Very true. That's a right? really good point. That's a really good point. I try to build a comfortable environment. I always try to get my goalkeepers to ask questions, you know, yeah. and yeah. I try to get them to see my, my whole th- philosophy when it comes to goalkeeper coaching is I want independent goalkeepers. I don't want yeah. dependent goalkeepers because For the sure. is that when you're on the field, it's your job to make decisions without somebody else telling you what to do. Um, yeah. You can't micromanage a goalkeeper in the game. It's, I mean, that's what make guys, no. makes guys like Jan Oblak or Allison Becker so high level because they don't second guess their decisions. They make a decision and they go with it and they, and they're so calm and collective with it. Um, that, that I think, you know, to me, that's more goalkeeping than when you watch the, and I'm, I'm just using David De Gea as an example. I'm not saying David De Gea is a bad goalkeeper or whatever, but you know, I, I consider him more of a reactive goalkeeper than an anticipatory goalkeeper. Um, I consider Allison Becker more of a preventative goalkeeper, which I've talked with Tim, Tim Dittmer, you know, yeah. um, at the FA about, um, which is what what I think you really want to teach your goalkeepers to become. And the only way you can do that is to allow your goalkeepers to communicate with you and to make mistakes and then discuss those mistakes with them and let them learn from the mistakes rather than trying to micromanage a session. You can't try to run the session because you want it to be a certain way. And if the picture doesn't look that way, get really frustrated. Cause as a younger goalkeeper coach, that was me. I'd get like, no, come on, man. That's not what it was supposed to look like. And it's like, well, is this about me or is it about them?
2: Yeah, exactly. And And I said this on, um, camp shutouts live Instagram thing that I was on, um, last week. I need, I want to build goalkeepers that are really conscious of their own mistakes. Right? So what I was saying is like, I need a goalkeeper or I want to build a goalkeeper that when they do make a mistake, they're thoughtful enough and they're a student of the game enough to when they make that mistake, they have ideas about how they can correct that mistake immediately. I need people who are who are actively thinking about how to correct their own mistakes. Because if you are and you're conscious of your own development, it's going to be so much easier for you to get better because you understand the game at a at a way. So for in my own position and, and most professional goalkeepers, Um, when we make a mistake and we concede a goal more often than not, we have like two or three ideas about how to prevent that or how to correct that. Right. And I think I need my goalkeeper coach to bounce those ideas off and say, Hey, what if I did this? What if I took a step back? What do you think? Do you think I need to take a step higher or something like that? Maybe my hands are too low, whatever it is, but you need thoughtful goalkeepers, goalkeepers that are, that are conscious of their own mistakes. Because if you are conscious of your mistakes, then you can actually make use of them.
0: Yeah. And I think another really good point that I, I want to make in, in regards to that, what you were talking about as being a pro is for, for kids out there listening that when you concede a goal, don't just look about the situation prior to the goal, what you could have done. Look a couple steps back before that, because yeah. a lot of times the mistake for lack of a better term mistake, or not the best decision came a couple, couple steps prior to the actual shot on goal.
2: For sure, yeah. But Can it, you
0: put out fires? Man, I'm starting to lose my voice here, dude.
2: <laughs> it's a bronchitis.
0: It is a bronchitis, dude. And I'm, I'm, I'm. I told that story on a, on a comedy show last night uh, from New York City. Actually, it was in from North Carolina. That's the best thing about this right now. Is like I'm doing shows all over the world. I, I've got a show in Denmark <laughs> tomorrow night. Do you uh, really? By, yeah, by tomorrow oh, night, I mean, I mean at noon.
2: Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> L. A. Time, I'm doing a show live from Denmark, but uh, but yeah, no, I, I. I had a pretty big freak out experience where I thought I had COVID-19. So it was a, uh, oh, yeah, it turned out to be a panic attack. Um, apparently that's how, uh, that's how your throat can close up and you uh, start having chest pains and think that you can't breathe is a, uh, when you will watch too much CNN, that happens too. There you go. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Wild times. We're living Dude, in un- uncharted territory.
0: I know. I'd rather just stay on this Facebook live right now than ever. T- By the way, I don't know about you, but not having, not having sports on as background noise is really difficult for me. Yeah, like I, it's I, weird, I, right? It's so weird because I'm like, what do I, what do I put on? Like, what do I put on in the background? I don't want the news on. That's depressing. Like, yeah, do I put Netflix on in the background? Then I have to watch it.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's, and then you just end up at Inside the 18 podcast, and you're listening Dude, to it while honestly, you're making dinner.
0: And that's what you guys need to do. <laughs> go out there, listen to all the old podcasts, go on Pro GK Academy, watch those training videos that Omar put up on on YouTube and on the Instagram exactly. channel, go on all these Instagram lives. Dude, Eric, you should start your own uh, live uh, thing during, during this time. You got the time, <laughs> you might as well, dude.
2: Yeah, but it's like oversaturated, right? Everybody does it. Everybody does it.
0: It's kind of annoying because I'm like, oh, great. Well, now I'm nothing special. Um, yeah, I was like, I,
2: I need to like create a schedule. Like I got, okay, I got... <laughs> Tim Dittmer of Pro-GP Academy <laughs> at 10. I got to go to stands after that. I got inside dude, the 18. Like, tra- it's like schedule. a training schedule. You got Yeah, a somebody schedule. make a schedule. Honestly, I don't know about anybody else, any other goalkeepers or goalkeeper coaches, but I feel like, you know, I haven't trained on the field in like two weeks. I haven't coached in so long, but I feel like I'm becoming a better goalkeeper and a better coach right now because there's just so much information, and you're getting yeah. – it's like – information overload and like i took so many ideas from every single one of these live things
0: oh yeah no dude it's amazing and uh honestly i haven't done any i got sick on march 13th and i literally because i got the bronchitis they they didn't want me doing anything really physical for a while for sure. i have not done anything i have not done any fitness work oh, i was no. gonna try to start today for for two weeks and i'm losing my mind um, yeah because i need to i need to start doing something but the problem is, is all the gyms are closed um, so um, solve oh.
2: problems. Don't make excuses.
0: I know you're right. Come on, thank we're you. Preaching. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. You're a like, problem I'm, solver. Such a, I'm such a hypocrite here. <laughs> uh, my, uh, my brother-in-law said, he's like, dude, he's like, you know how many training things you can just do just standing in place. And I'm like, yeah, you're absolutely right. Literally. literally. I'm not going to make excuses. I'm yeah. going to go take a pre-workout right now. I'm going to start warming up, get uh, get all that going. Um, Eric, if anybody out there wants to reach out to you, if there's any kids out there that are looking for advice, um, or, or anybody that wants to know more about your goalkeeper training, uh, programs that are going on as well too, where's the best place for people to reach out to you?
2: Um, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Eric Klonofsky. And then my Instagram for my coaching page is EK soccer training. If you guys are interested, but yeah, by all means reach out, happy to talk shop.
0: Yeah. And then, um, is there, is there any, um, is there any, is it all just goalkeeper training or is it also other types of training as well too on that EK soccer training?
2: Uh, EK soccer training is also, I mean, we have, it's mostly goalkeeper training. Um, I didn't want to limit myself, so I made a soccer, Ah, you know, um, just like training. Yeah. Just in case I wanted to, you know, I gotta be adaptable. You gotta be adaptable. But no, I actually just started, um, a podcast that talks about like, uh, the mentality of what it takes to be a professional athlete, not really goalkeeper specific, but, um, plug that,
0: plug that. What's that?
2: Yeah. Let's talk more work podcast. My, me and one of my best friends, Josel Mateo. Uh, he owns Crank Sports Performance. So we talk about athlete identity and uh, kind of like the, the mental aspect of going abroad, dealing with injuries, all that kind of stuff.
0: Dude, that's uh, that's awesome. That's awesome yeah, to, yeah, to hear that. So, um, oh my gosh. Okay, geez. Okay. Um, Sorry, I'm having a mucus issue here. Um, <laughs> all right. Remember, contact at insidethe18media.com if you have a guest suggestion or a topic suggestion. Dude, honestly... If you have something that you feel would be right for this show, that's how Eric got on the show. He reached out. He's like, "Dude, he's like, I think, I think I got some stuff that uh, that your audience might want to hear about. You know, let's uh, let's let's get on oh, the show." Make me
2: sound really narcissistic. No, <laughs> no,
0: no. But dude, there's a lot. There's honestly a lot of people that listen to this show. Sometimes they think, "Oh, I mean, I have had college kids reach out and be like, I don't know if I'm big enough to be on your show and everything." And I'm like, "Dude, it has nothing to do with like." your level of, of play or coaching or whatever it's like can you give back to the community is there can something of relevance yeah. that you can add value you know yeah. that's what's important right now so yeah. um and we all we all need that you know that being said eric's a big deal so you know we're never gonna Average turn him gym. down
2: i'm just some guy i'm just
0: some guy <laughs> <laughs> um, all right guys uh that's all the time on inside the 18 uh this podcast will be out on um on uh all the different platforms on friday so we're out <laughs> Uh, feel, Feel free to check out this Facebook live and share it iTunes reviews guys keep them coming. We're out later